Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The Action Network podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a brand new sign-up offer for our listeners. Bet $1 on any team and win $100 if that team scores a touchdown. That's right. All you have to do is open a new WinBet account, deposit $20 or more, and bet $1 on any team within your first 10 days. If that team scores a touchdown, you win $100. So if you haven't signed up for a WinBet account yet, take advantage of this offer today by clicking on the Action Network link in this episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's start the show. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by WinBet. This is your week nine recap and week 10 betting look ahead. I'm stuck in with me as always is Colin Wilson. Ready to talk some weekday action, baby. Weekday matching is always welcome. I think the more important thing is like I downgraded everybody in the top 10 yesterday. And I know that that sounds stupid when you look at Georgia's final score, but they only had two real offensive drives and they ended up in field goals. And don't get me started on Ohio State. Right. I mean, it was a shit show for the top 10. Ohio State was the most disappointing performance of the day. Maybe, you know, looking back, maybe it was a really bad bet in that I was buying Ohio State high and selling you know, and, and selling Penn State low, we learned we learned a lot about the Michigan teams. There's a lot of teams that haven't played anybody. And Ohio State was in that category, right? They played the backup quarterback for Indiana. They played just a bunch of you know, Rutgers and Akron. And to not come out and dominate Penn State, you know, with already one loss on the season, sort of troubling. Who 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 do you think is going to end up in the college ball playoff as of right now? Well, I mean, that's really good because today's there's going to be an article that comes out Tuesday morning, and it's going to be how do we pick value out of the college football playoff before they announce the college football playoff? And so when we look at, you know, the power ratings, it, it really helps us look at an odds makers point of view. If it was just up to an odds makers point of view, it'd be Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, and Oklahoma period. But boring. Boring, right? nobody wants to hear that. Uh, but you're, you're going to have to make a case for 
undefeated teams get in above one loss teams, conference champions, zero or one loss, get above everybody else. Like there's so much against Cincinnati. I can't see a way that Cincinnati's any higher than four. I wouldn't be shocked to see him five. Everybody on TV, everybody at ESPN that, that broadcasts a game. I don't even know half these people that are broadcasting these this stuff on ESPN Plus, but everybody gets to announce their top six. Nobody had Oregon in the top six. And I just was sitting around all day yesterday like, what? why is nobody mentioning Oregon? They beat Ohio State, this great team that can't expose Penn State after Illinois ran for 370 between the tackles. Like, why is everybody forgetting about Oregon? Oregon wins out. They're in. So they have to be in the top six, period. Yep. I tend to agree. All right. Uh, The voicemails are great. Our producer, Matt Mitchell, told us, told, you know, in Slack, he's like, here's the voicemails. They're great. I usually wait to listen to them. I just prefer the, I think a live reaction is better for the podcast, but actually. That's my grandma. (laughs) Hello. Hey, I'm recording the podcast live right now. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you want do you want to talk about Alabama? Does Alabama going to beat? A- well, I was just looking here at your uh, predictions earlier in the season about who you thought was going to be the the winners, and you got Alabama first and OU next, Georgia, A and M, Texas, Auburn, and Florida. You want to change that? Yeah, I'm gonna put Georgia number one. I'm gonna put Alabama probably number three or four. Okay, so you want to go to Georgia first, mm-hmm. and Alabama. You want to put them down there at three? Who's going to be second? It doesn't matter. Georgia's just going to win it all. Well, I know, but you said put Alabama three or four. You Who can, do you want to put in the second slot? You can put them in at number two if you want, but if Auburn beats them in the Iron Bowl, they ain't going to make it. Oh, yeah. Well, in the paper this morning, this guy writes on the sports section. Yeah. He said that the disliked Alabama Crimson Tide, and that kind of ticked me off. Oh, you were pissed I off thought, about it, huh? No, I was ticked off, I said. Oh, okay. And I thought once about writing him and telling him, well, not everybody dislikes the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's in the Arkansas Gazette. He writes in here on Sundays. All right. Well, I have to let you get back to writing to Wally Hall, and I'm going to continue on the podcast here, okay? I'll call you here in a little bit. All righty. All right. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Grammy's ticked off by the the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. All right. Let's move on. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, so – our producer, Matt Mitchell, sent us a message saying about the voicemails. I always prefer to wait because I think the live reaction is better for the show. Yep. But I couldn't help myself. I haven't heard these. Listen to them. They're funny. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. The Iowa party has come to an end. Not only are they not good, they are an objectively bad football team. Do they do anything well aside from converting 10-yard drives off fumbles? No. And the sad as far as we won't hear from a single Iowa fan for the rest of the year. So if there are any Iowa fans listening to this, grow a pair of balls, call and admit that your team sucks. You know what, Colin Stuckey, this is John from f***ing Iowa. I'm off the f***ing Iowa bandwagon, motherfucker. This is not an Iowa podcast. And they're god f***ing poverty. You kidding me? You scare score f***ing seven god f***ing points against f***ing Graham Mertz and a god off like defense? What the f***? 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 Like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, swear to God. We're going to make it to the f***ing steamboat motherfucking bowl. Like, what? come on. We're going to get the most... 
poverty f- bowl ever. And we'll be like, yeah, go Iowa. And then we're still won't cover. I'm just saying. Just saying. We won't we won't cover. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty funny. Some, someone saying no Iowa fans are going to call in, and then one calls in right after. But, yeah, Wisconsin, dominant victory. I can't believe we bet a steak dinner. I set the total yards for Iowa at 148, and I took the under and ended at 150. They ended at 156 because that garbage last drive. But dominant effort by Wisconsin. The under still got there, fortunately, despite trying to do everything in its power to make that game go over with three fumbles inside their own 10. And it still went under. Thoughts on Wisconsin, Iowa? Wisconsin's gone to the Big Ten Championship, people. Probably the most amazing stat out of yesterday was, okay, so we talk about stuff rate on this show, right? And stuff rate is the ability to stop a run at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. And we talk about how national average is 30%. So when a team runs 100 times, you should stop 30 of them at the line of scrimmage. Iowa, 70%. They were stuffed in 17 of 24 runs at or behind the line of scrimmage. That is absolutely pathetic. And then you go to the passing plays, 10% below national average. The Iowa offense is completely broke, yet you still lost the whole total yards wager. Uh, you're right. They were going to start slinging it, chucking it around. They, Iowa has no answers. They're, they're done. 0% explosiveness, 0% methodical. Can't get, can't get two first downs in a drive. Uh, really bad. Uh, Wisconsin's defense is great, and I'm glad that they've got an identity running. So look out for teams that can't handle the run because Wisconsin's going to be out for you. But if you can stop the run, that's where Wisconsin's uh, season is going to end. By the way, after what I saw from Ohio State last night, can't wait to watch Graham Mertz win the Big Ten, baby. Wisconsin, the college football playoff? Can't happen, but I would love it. So I could bet, I could bet more unders. More Wisconsin games, the better. More unders. But you also know UTEP. That's a covering goddamn machine. You know, if you guys uh, go to UTSA UTEP, you buy a ticket, announce it on Monday, I'll buy a ticket and come with you guys. I'm just saying right now, coming with you, and we're going to El Paso. <laughs> What's going on, guys? No surprise here, but the miners just covered again. This is minor mother effination. We, we don't Woo! care that we just lost, right? It doesn't matter that we just oh, lost. Guess God. what? You know why? Because we cover spreads. You know, all these other bets you guys talk about that might be locked. I mean, let's be honest. What happens every week? The miners cover spreads. So anybody that is not taking us, you're an idiot. Eat a bag of Boom. Get your ass to El Paso. Yeah, Miner Nation, just an absolute covering machine, continues their covering ways yesterday. I'm glad to hear from our pizza party guy. Absolutely amazing end to the, to the game. Down by 18 with three minutes left at 250. They get a touchdown in. Dana Dimmel goes for two. I was worried about Brett. Uh, his best bet was UTEP plus 11. Down by 12, they go for two. Uh, Dimmel gets it. Onside kick. Touchdown. I mean, within three minutes, we're going to win the ball game. So uh, they didn't get the win. Uh, for everybody out there that's wondering, this is Sunday morning. This is early. Haven't, div- haven't dove into the uh, – Advanced numbers, but the power ratings are done, and it's going to be UTSA minus 10 going to El Paso. I, I have to think that maybe there's going to be some UTEP money in the market. It might be it might be single digits, but uh, power rated at 10. Minor nation, baby. Stuck, Colin. I'm not going to lie, guys. I was cursing your name this morning watching these Big Ten games. Under Wisconsin, Iowa, looked like a terrible, terrible bet. Oh, explosive this, explosive that. Michigan, Michigan State plus four. 
but Aaron Rodgers taught us R E L A X. Relax. Everything worked out. I feel better. Now I just need Arizona State to stop turning over the ball. Uh, yeah, that's that's a Michigan State beats Michigan. Bodog Jim can't win the big game still. Michigan Paper Tiger. Uh, I, I I was so wrong in that game with the under. I mean, but neither of those defenses could stop anyone. We learned a lot about them. You know, they didn't really play anybody all year. There was just explosive play after explosive play. No one can get a stop. And someone mentioned Arizona State. I am done with them. Done with them. What an embarrassing, embarrassing loss to get rolled by Washington State. But I'll do best call, worst call, bet regret right now. My day overall, I mean, I based yesterday, what did I, I mean, I made, I won some pennies. College football was down a bit. Just a waste of a, a Saturday. My worst calls has to be Arizona State laying points to them, Ohio State and the Michigan first half under. My best call, I mean, I could say the Wisconsin under, um, but I'm going to go Cal, Miss State, and of course, Bo Nick season in full effect. Never in doubt, baby. Bo Nick season in full effect. And uh, bet regret, I'll say, is uh, probably laying points at Ohio State. Just, I mean, it wasn't the best. I didn't even think there was a ton of value in it. I just didn't see Penn State having any shot in that game. And uh, it was an absolutely embarrassing effort by the Buckeyes here. How about you? Worst call. It's a very interesting day. Um, I went with Michigan State, one of my best bets, wrote it up for a money line parlay. Uh, glad I got home. Um, it, but, you know, I mean, they, they doubled the national average in explosive drives. And that was the whole handicap is that they're better at limiting explosive drives and they're better at creating them. And Kenneth Walker and Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed, they, they proved that. And that was the difference in the game and allowed them to get back in. So, you know, I'm glad that won because it's not very often where there's like 80% of the money and the tickets are on a team. And I'm like, yeah, that's the team we should bet. But then the 2.30 slate, I lost every single game. So if you want to do worst call, best call, it's going to come in groups for me. I lost every single 2.30 game. Duke, Hawaii, the Georgia over where – I swear to God, I, I I think they achieved available yards up and down the field. They couldn't get any points on the board unless there was two minutes left in a, in a quarter. Uh, taking the Florida side, couldn't get any points on the board. They had no answers past the 40-yard line whatsoever. Then you switch over to best call. I think I won every single game last night. Houston, Utah, Auburn, Fresno. I mean, it, 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 I was on fire last night. I, I I don't know what it is with these certain sections of the day where I can't get a win. And then certain sections of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm on fire. Uh, bet regret by far is Ohio state. It's a game. I had power rated 11. I ignored that. I, I focused far too much on Penn state losing PJ Mustafer as a defensive tackle. And the fact that I, Illinois was able to run for 370. I focused way too much on Clifford being hurt against Illinois and that nine overtimes. I didn't really sit back and take a look and say, is this Ohio state def- defense for real? I, I, I said, they haven't proved anything to us yet. So, you know, worse, you know, I would say worst guy. Let's throw Iowa State back. I've been to the worst call. Let's throw Arizona State up in the worst call, too. Live number came in. Arizona State had two fumbles. Uh, Arizona State had two turnovers to start the game. Live line of eight. And I'm like, well, let's dip in and get a half you. Two more turnovers. The live line is a money line. Eh, let's let's take another half unit in it. Never showed up. Never showed up. Five turnovers on the day. Never showed up. So for bet regret, I'll go with probably Liberty. And we talked about it on the podcast. I've never seen such clown show offense in my entire life. Not only did Liberty roll, they easily cover the 36-point spread. I saw UMass in one of their very first series try to run a zone read 
and the running back and the quarterback had so many issues. They both accident. They both thought that they fumbled the ball. They both took a knee. They both took a knee on his own read. <laughs> I, I've never seen so much terrible offensive play in my entire life. Walt Bell should eject that entire roster and just start running around, you know, McGurk and, and looking for people to fill on his walk-ons. It, it's unbelievable. By the way, the only team that has not covered yet, we're going to get to this Clemson clown show of a cover. I feel so bad for Florida State, Missouri. They still haven't covered. All right, moving on. It's 5.50 in East Coast on this glorious Saturday. Holy f- Ducky. I love you, but do you even care? Do you even care? Nothing here even looks remotely good. Nothing but red. Red all day. F***ing Arizona State getting their f***ing asses handed to them. Holy f***ing sh- Christ, this sucks. Colin, calling in from Colorado here. I'm trying to figure out something. Can you help me out with an issue I have? Trying to figure out how somebody spends all week handicapping games and somehow can't seem to get a single game right. We take an over in Georgia? Nope, that's not happening. Let's take uh, Arizona State Live, minus eight and a half. Nope. Let's double down on ASU money line. Nope, that ain't happening. Duke plus 16 and a half, not a chance. Northwestern plus seven and a half, nope. Florida plus 14 and a half, negative. Oh, how about Hawaii plus seven? How bad are you at handicapping? Let's just try the fade Colin tour. I like this. Oh, by the way, Wake Forest. I mean, I'm done with Duke. Duke is. Are we done with Duke? Duke is dead to me. Well, until next week. If you only paid attention to football from 2.30 to 4.30 yesterday, I could see those comments. But that was sandwiched in between a Michigan State win and then a night slate where I, I zipped everything. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe pay attention to football at night. <laughs> I'm just going to start sleeping. You know, I can't win at the noon slate all year. Stucky, Colin, it's Derek from Pittsburgh. I'm so f***ing sick of Pat Narduzzi and his stupid sh- every freaking year. Every year. Uh, granted, Clemson was a down Clemson. I get it. Big win last week, flying high, and then what do we do? We lay a f***ing egg against Miami like we always f***ing do. Listen, I know we weren't going to make the playoffs even if we won out, but is the New Year's Six Bowl too much to ask for? I mean, f- man, I am just so sick and tired of this f- Yeah, Pitt goes down. Cancel your college football playoff plans for Pitt. Typical standard Narduzzi loss. Watch out for Pat Narduzzi. Credit to Miami. Miami has not quit. Yeah, from the Orange Bowl down to the Quick Lane Bowl. Good, good, good luck, Pitt. But no, I mean, I think I think Tyler Van Dyke deserves a little bit of credit. Yeah. Uh, I'm staring at like you know, 30 percent of their drives were explosive. That's crazy when national average is 12 percent. No methodical drives by Miami whatsoever. So they are not doing any long sustaining drives. They're just they're just explosive. It's it's crazy with this Tyler Van Dyke kid. Yeah, but Pitt failed when it got down into scoring position. Just 3.3 points per trip past the 40-yard line. So finishing drives failed him there. Overall yards per play, about the same. Miami's uh, got an offense now. We have to pay attention to it. Ladies, can we just take a moment to light a candle for everyone that held an FSU plus 9.5 ticket this weekend? That is all. I am sitting here being apoplectic at the end of this Florida State Clemson game. You could see it coming. You knew what was going to happen. But somehow, it stings that much more. I come to you guys not as, a, not as a mad person. I'm not a man fan tonight. I'm a broken man. This is uh, Alex from Florida. Long time 
Florida State fan. And I didn't expect us to win the game. Yeah. Did I sprinkle a little on Florida State money line? Sure. Sure. Why not? Did I expect to cover uh, down four points at the end of the game? Yeah, I sure did. <sighs> you know, our little uh, chant, F-L-O-R-I-D-A-S-T-A-T-E. That needs to be changed to F-U-C-K-Y-O-U-D-A-B-O. you, Dabo Swinney, you stupid piece of shit. Celebrating on the sideline like you won a national title. Beat a three and four Florida State team. You fucking idiot. Oh my God. Dabo. Clemson. Everything. Gentlemen, it's 30 minutes before game time. You really think I want to be calling you guys? I, I, I don't. I don't. But we got to talk about all glory to God. Every single day on the pizza playoff, we are getting pizza for the playoff. Dabo Sweeney and his disgraceful f-ing team and Mike Norvo and his Florida Seminoles just taking turns, sucking f-ing and playing pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo. So SVP can get excited. Maybe we'll get a little bald head rubbing action while we just destroy anyone who had the under. What a satanic thing to have happened. And you know what's disgraceful about this? It's taking away from our pregame focus. That should upset you. It upsets me. And Dabo can rot in hell for all reasons, everything. Goodbye. I just want to say, f*** you, Florida State. F*** you. I hope you f***ing die in a f***ing This is some f***ing bullshit. F***ing Clemson. You f***ing kidding me? You're f***ing kidding me. F*** you, Florida. Yeah, congratulations to Dabo, sweetie. His first cover of the year <clears throat> comes on uh, laterals on the last play of the game. Absolutely torture, torture beat, torturous beat if you had Florida State. And, yes, I would have been apoplectic as well. Great word there. Um, I, I almost bet Florida State and the under both lost on that play. That play is going to be on SVP Bad Beats on Monday night, and it might be in the new montage going forward. It's Just total, brutal. Total and spread. Yeah, total end spread. Yeah, total end spread. I almost bet the under and and Florida State. That would have been – I'm so happy I did not have to endure losing both those in the final play. My thoughts are with anyone that did. Seriously, that's a a warranted reaction if you had Florida State there. Uh, So that will wrap up week nine. Any other results that you want to mention? Yeah, I think we need to mention that, you know, Georgia, you know, first off, they – their offense wasn't that great. I mean, they only had two real sustaining drives. A lot of the points they were given, they were spotted field position in Florida's area. And then, you know, there were some defensive scores in there. But, I mean, they didn't sustain any drives. 9% methodical drive percentage, well below national average. You know, they weren't that great inside the 40, three points per trip. They had two trips, like two drives that lasted longer than three plays, and those ended up being field goals. So Georgia, I actually knocked down a little bit. And and I know that everyone's going out to the power rating and say, oh my God, Florida's still in the top 10. I didn't I didn't mark them down. 1.2 points per trip inside the 40. They just couldn't get that, that. Georgia cannot sustain that, by the way. There's no way that teams are just going to keep scoring one point per opportunity. Yeah. Cincinnati, not they're sloppy. Cincinnati's offense is sloppy. It's not explosive. The defense is holding them up. I, they're all the way down to 11th on our action network power ratings. I mean, I would make them double-digit dog to a lot of the teams that are going to be mentioned in the playoff. So I, I think I think it's you know worth saying that a lot of these teams that are in the top 10 are not 
really looking national championship-ish. That includes Georgia and Oklahoma, who can give up 21 points to anybody in the country. I think, I think that's you know definitely worth review. All right, by the way, quick programming announcement. If you guys are familiar with our college football podcast coverage here at the Action Network, you know that after bowl season, we typically transition from college football to college basketball every January. We'll do that again on the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by WinBet. But this season, we're getting a head start because starting next week, our friends at Three Man Weave, Kami Q and Jim Root and Matt Cox will be hosting a college basketball betting episode every Wednesday morning here on the Big Bets on Campus podcast. These guys are longtime friends of the show. They know college hoops really well. So we're very excited. They'll be leading our Big Bets on Campus college basketball coverage here until we start transitioning over to basketball in December. We'll still have all of our weekly college football episodes, but now we'll give you guys an extra college hoops episode as a bonus. So be on the lookout for those episodes every Wednesday morning. Also remember to check out that group of five episode that comes out each week. Those guys are crushing it. This is the benefit of having our own podcast channel. Thanks to you guys and all of your support to appreciate that. Also, quick reminder to our listeners, Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by WinBet Sportsbook. And they've got a brand new sign-up offer for you guys. Bet $1 on any team and win $100 if that team simply scores a touchdown. That's right. All you have to do is open a new WinBet account, deposit $20 or more, and bet $1 on any team within your first 10 days. If that team scores a touchdown, you win $100. doesn't matter if you bet Alabama or Ohio State or even San Diego State. As long as they score one touchdown, that $100 is yours. So if you haven't signed up at WinBet Sportsbook yet, take advantage of this offer today by clicking on the Action Network link in the episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's get back to the show. By the way, Colin, we both had Fresno, which was nice to close out the night. San Diego State over, baby. <laughs> last, last minute touchdown to get there. Aztec overs. I told you, no, no worries, no worries whatsoever when you get uh, a passing offense like Fresno to extend the field, uh, stretch the field a little bit, open up those running lanes for Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims is an animal. I, w- I was glad to see. I think that Cropper was okay. He was starting into a potential pro receiver. He went out. He dropped the ball. It looked like he tore his ACL. I think that it's actually just was good news on that front, which I was happy to see. All right, before we get out of here, let's go three and out. Let's make it a quick three and out. All right. Before we get to some Matt weekday match and talk, let's first down, let's take a look at next week. You know, there's Pitt at Duke, by the way, you're going to play Duke. It's not the greatest card in the world, but there are some pretty intriguing matchups. Ohio state goes to Nebraska. Who's in free fall mode. Can Nebraska get up for one week and end Ohio state's college football playoff dreams. LSU travels to Alabama. Not the prettiest card. You'll ever see, but there's winners to be found. What anything that your Oregon looks like they're going to be a one and a half point favorite at Washington. Uh, I can't wait to lose money on Washington there. Navy travels to Notre Dame. Going to get Navy as a big dog again. My favorite bet of the year. You're going to probably be, you're going to be on Notre Dame or fade Navy again. Those well, are two teams that you hate. I mean, I've got a I've got a fresh I've got a fresh set of power ratings here. So I mean, Oregon I think should be favored by seven going over to Washington. Uh, so that'll be a pretty big number. You mentioned Duke and Pitt. Uh, that's going to be like a 21-point spread. So we'll see if Pitt can flex their muscles on a Duke team that's having problems scoring points, period. Uh, Michigan's going to have to get up off the mat against Indiana. They're hosting Indiana. They should be 13-point favorites. LSU at Bama. That's a number that's going to open and just take all Alabama money. Uh, I power rated Alabama minus 24. Uh, so I'm sure it'll sit around 25 and a half in a dead zone all week. 
you know, Iowa's got to go back on the road against Northwestern uh, back-to-back. They're going to be 13-point favorites. I'm not really sure Iowa can score 13 points, so Northwestern might be on the radar this week. Um, and, you know, Notre Dame-Navy, that's that's a Notre Dame minus 24-and-a-half-looking uh, projection. So we'll see if, uh, you know, Navy's going to be able to keep this magical run that they have where all of a sudden everything works after having a, a terrible, terrible start to the season. Navy, Notre Dame, your two teams that you love fading. What are you going to do? Uh, bet the under. <laughs> you're going to finally listen to me and take Navy as a, as a double-digit dog? Well, I mean, I think the total I make it around 45. So if I can get it, like, say, 48, if it opens 48 today, I'll happily hit the under. And by the way, I'm so excited. UTSA, UTEP's at 10-15 Eastern that night. That is amazing. All right, let's move on to second down here. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's Midweek Madness. This is really, college football is officially back. We're going to have weekday Maction with fans in the stands. I cannot wait. I'm going to have a, a Mac midseason report, by the way, on ActionNetwork.com and the Action Network app. Max yourself. Who's the Mac? Only one Mac game on Saturday. Bowling Green beats Buffalo 56 to 44. Where did this come from? 56 to 44. I was happy that happened. Not some not so great results for my season long win totals. This was a great one because Buffalo under is a loot now. So we have quite a few games in action this week. We have three games on Wednesday, three games on Tuesday. Let's start with Tuesday. Ball State at Akron. You got wow. to be kidding me. Now, this is peak Maction. It is. Peak Maction. Ball State's been a weird team to figure out. They just drew Plitt. His, he's shown flashes, you know, in that win at Western Michigan. But the offense just in general, they can't run the ball. So if Plitt isn't playing at a high level, the Ball State offense just goes into a complete shell and looks broken. And that's what's happened this year. Any, any thoughts on Ball State at Akron? Yeah, this is a game that I project Ball State minus 17. When you look at Akron's defense, dead last in rushing success rate, dead last in finishing drives. Everything else is in the bottom 10 from coverage to big play to passing success rate. That Ball State's going to get whatever they want against them. Uh, and then you look at the tackling grades, Ball State's 10th in tackling on defense. We switch to the other side. The, the, the one place that they can be hurt is against the pass. Uh, Ball State's been, you know, they're 127th the defensive passing uh, success rate. But can Akron expose that? I'm not really sure they can. They run the ball 58% of the time. They are top 25 in line yards. Uh, but if there is sort of a better than worse, uh, the Ball State rush defense is better than the pass defense. So, um, you know, specifically Ball State's top 20 in the nation in stopping uh, explosive passing. So I think that would kind of lead to a total. Total I project at 44 and a half, awfully low. But, you know, Akron has no ability to get points up on the board. I think your big scare there is that Ball State can hammer on them, but 17 is the buy point. Yeah, Akron's defense, and their their pass protection is so bad, but their defense is really bad. Their secondary is really bad. Uh, so I think this might be a good true clip game, and if that's the case, then the Ball State offense looks really good. So I think it's Ball State or nothing there. Also on Tuesday, 7.30 Eastern on ESPN2, Eastern Michigan travels to Toledo. Toledo has been pretty disappointing at 4-4 four and four this year. They lost two games as double-digit favorites at home. 
their offense, their defense has been excellent. This is the best defense in the MAC by far. I have them ranked as the 29th rated defense overall in the country, but their offense has been a mess. So they went, they've gone to Daquan Finn pretty much full time now. Carter Bradley wasn't getting it done. The offense just, it can't get going. Like their defense is really good. Their offense is awful. And the main problem, if you try to diagnose what's wrong with them, is it's the offensive line. And it's the offensive line that brought back almost everybody. But the offensive line is playing so poorly that they can't get anything going in the run game. They can't get any protection. So at least with this kid, Finn, who's a dual threat, he can move. And that's really important because their offensive line has been bad. Eastern Michigan, uh, you know, they just beat Bowling Green 55 to 24. Their incumbent starting quarterback lost his job a couple of games into the year. And Ben Bryant has played really well. The one problem with Eastern Michigan when you have to cap them is their run defense is so bad. I mean, it is, if you can run on, you can just shred this Eastern Michigan. Secondary is playing really well, but Toledo is not really passing it. Can their offensive line finally get a push? And if they can, they'll be able to move the ball. This Toledo defense should slow Eastern Michigan down, but I think that's the cap. Can Toledo get their run game going? What do you see there? Yeah, I actually agree with everything you said because Ben Bryant's been okay for Eastern Michigan taking over Preston Hutchison in the passing game. Uh, they're actually top 30 Eastern Michigan is in, in passing success rate. Uh, they're top 10 in finishing drives. They've been able to get points up on the board when they get close to scoring position. The problem is they're running into the teeth of this Toledo defense. Ducks right. This is the best defense in the MAC. They're number two in the nation in tackling. They're top 10 in defense and finishing drives. They don't allow, allow points to go up on the board. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, tough sledding for Eastern Michigan here to get some points up on the board. And then we flip over, and you're right about the offensive line of Toledo. They're 120th in pass blocking. That is a terrible stat against Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan is 16th in the nation in rushing the passer. That's the only thing that they do well on defense. Everything else is dumpster fire. Almost dead last against the rush. Uh, 118th in defensive havoc. All they can do is get pressure on quarterback and passing downs, but you got to get Toledo into passing downs to expose that. I, I projected Toledo minus nine and a, and a total of 50. I think one, uh, one important thing to look at is that Toledo is second in the nation in rushing EPA, seventh in the nation in passing EPA. This is an explosive offense, even though they have no success rate. They can't move the chains, but they can't explode on offense, and that's bad news for, for Eastern Michigan. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to take Toledo minus nine. I think if we see some love in the market for them against the double digits, I might be an Eastern Michigan fan. And finally on Tuesday, we have Miami, Ohio at Ohio. How beautiful is Maction? How <laughs> beautiful is Maction? Oh, man. Just when we thought we had peak Maction. Ohio's been disappointing this year. They were really bad early in the season, which was to be expected. You know, their longtime coach, Frank Solich, left unexpectedly in July, and they were kind of left without a coach. And they struggled. Now, they've still only have won one game on the season. But if you take a look over the past three weeks, they've been very competitive. Uh, since a win at Akron, their only win of the year in, in October, they lost by three to Central Michigan. They lost by one at Buffalo. And they lost by seven at home to Kent State. So I think this is a team that's starting to turn the corner. In October, they were struggling, trying to find their identity early on in the season but it looks like that they're starting to figure some things out. So there might be some value on the Bobs going forward. Meanwhile, Miami of Ohio, they're sitting at four and four. It looks like the division is going to come down to a game between them and Kent state later in the season. Miami of Ohio four and four, and they're a tough team to crack because 
if you look at some of their advanced metrics, you have to keep in mind that uh, Gabbert hasn't been the quarterback all season. And I think that he's significantly better than AJ Meyer, who's a, who's a very good backup and he has starting experience, but the offense is just on another level when you have Gabbert in there throwing to Hippenheimer and Jack Sorensen. Uh, what do you see with Miami of Ohio and Ohio? Uh, this one feels like an over to me. So Miami of Ohio is supposed to be minus four on the road against Ohio. And remember, we're recording this on Sunday morning before lines come out, but power rate of Miami of Ohio minus four. Uh, but there is a lot of advantages for both offenses to get points up on the board. Ohio, a very heavy rush base with baby Rourke, Curtis Rourke, uh, and Armani Rogers. He likes to take off when he's under center. He will, the UNLV transfer will run the ball. Um, Ohio is 15th in line yards on offense. That's bad for Miami of Ohio. They're 87th in line yards. Uh, more importantly, on defense, they're 118th in finishing drives. But the biggest key stat for Ohio in this game is that they're 18th in rush explosiveness. Miami of Ohio, 118th in defending rush explosiveness. So you go to the other side with Gabbert coming in. It's sort of a mixed bag with their stats because, you know, we it's a team that's changed since the beginning of the season. But, you know, offensively, one of the best things they do do is Havoc allowed their top 20. Uh, and Ohio generates no havoc on defense whatsoever. Bottom five in the nation. So you're not going to see a lot of turnovers out of Miami, Ohio, which, you know, means that they should be able to do whatever they want. Uh, but both teams have advantages against the defenses when it gets into scoring position. Uh, I, I, I think I'm going to be looking at the over in this game. I think there's just going to be explosive plays on both sides of the ball. All right, uh, let's move on to third down. We have two games on Wednesday. Wednesday action continues on. I think college football, there's like a, a football game on every day. I think only the only exception is the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, but on Wednesday, we have Northern Illinois, six and two, perfect in the MAC, traveling to Kent State. This Northern Illinois team, look, I have to give them credit. Tamik, it looks like he has this team headed in the right direction, extremely young roster. They fight every week. Their offense, particularly their rushing offense, has been much better than I anticipated. Their special teams have been good. They're doing a lot of the little things. But this team has been getting extremely lucky. They beat Eastern Michigan. They were completely outplayed. They had two, you know, two scores because of two scores off turnovers and then held on. You know, they beat Toledo 22 to 20. They beat Bowling Green by one possession. They beat Central Michigan by one because Central Michigan can't get off a field goal. They were down, you know, Northern Illinois was down 18 in that game in the second half. They beat Georgia Tech by one. I mean, it's crazy some of the close wins and comebacks this Northern Illinois team has had. No matter who's been in the backfield, whether it's Whaley or the other kid, they've been able to run the ball really well. That should play against the Kent State team that is very small up front. Defensive line is not good. Run defense is not good. However, on the other side of the ball, Look, despite being undefeated and in first place in the driver's seat in the division, Northern Illinois, I have them still power rated, I think, 108th in the country. This is still a very bad team, and particularly on defense. They have no redeeming qualities on defense. Crum and this rushing attack should eat. I know Northern Illinois is going to move the ball as well. I might look at the over here, but I think that it's time to sell this Northern Illinois team. I think Kent State rolls here. Oh, Northern Illinois, 4-0 in the division with a bunch of wins by just a couple points. I mean, it's we, crazy. 
And, and you know what? People are going to freak because they're going to be like Northern Illinois is four and over the conference. And I project Kent State to be minus seven. And I think I'm a couple points higher than some other trusted power rating systems. I think they're going to come in around Kent State minus four. Uh, this is a total I make it 64. I think this is a total when it comes out here in a couple hours. I just play the over and let it go because I, I think it's going to get hammered. When you look at this, Kent State likes to run the ball 62% of the time. They're seventh in the nation in rushing success rate. Northern Illinois, bottom five in the country in defending the rush. So definitely points are going to come up on the board for Kent State. You look at Northern Illinois, 68% of the time they run the ball, 31st in the nation in rushing success rate. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of ground in this game. Uh, but Kent State is going to dictate tempo. They're second in the nation in tempo. Uh, they're going to try to go as fast as possible. Uh, we're talking faster than Ole Miss. <laughs> so uh, a lot of ground base, uh, a, a lot of advantages for each offense over the defense when it comes to scoring position. Um, yeah, I, I think the over is the only way to play here, but Kent State's the way I would look. Northern Illinois has been very lucky all season. Yeah, I will be on Kent State. Uh, I'll have a write-up of the game as well. Then finally, we have Central Michigan at Western Michigan. Seven Eastern, ESPNU on Wednesday night. It's going to be hard not to play it over here. Uh, who's getting stops in this game? The Western Michigan offense. So we know the best defense. And by the way, I don't have any team above average from a power rating perspective in, in the MAC. Usually you have one, but there's if you could combine the Toledo defense with the Western Michigan offense, man, I would that team would be so good. Western Michigan with LB at quarterback, explosive weapons on the outside, great rushing attack. Their offense is awesome. This is the best offense in the MAC. What their defense can't stop a nosebleed. Central Michigan been a a weird team, but they can put up points in bunches. They can stop the run. They can get after the quarterback. Their secondary has been dreadful, and that's not good news against Western Michigan. Who's getting stops in this one? That's a good question. Uh, Western Michigan uh, project minus seven and a half on the open here. Total just 61. I'm a little bit shocked by that because Central Michigan is 15th in tempo. And when you look at some of Western Michigan's defensive stats, it's like, I don't know how they're going to stop Central Michigan from scoring. 116th in tackling. Western Michigan is also 107th in coverage. So Central Michigan, who also is top 20 in the nation in pass explosiveness, they're going to score at will against Western Michigan. I think Western Michigan prefers that because, you know, they have an offense that can get on the board anytime. Central Michigan also struggles in coverage. They're 90th in defensive finishing drives. Uh, again, another Mac game where the offenses hold the advantage over the defenses in scoring position. But another thing that people should pay attention to, Western Michigan is dead last in the nation in special teams. Central Michigan is going to be awful special teams, awful special teams. Central Michigan is going to be spotted an average fielding position, average starting fielding position of like the 40. So uh, it's going to be hard for me to back Western Michigan here, considering there's a lot of advantage in Central Michigan. Uh, but the over is not a question. I can play that all day. All right, there you have it. That's your weekday Maction preview. We will have tons of content on the Action Network app and actionnetwork.com previewing all of those games. So make sure you check those out. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for calling into the voicemail. Thank you, Colin, as always, for joining me. It's time for us to go find some winners for next week. November is here. Let's close out the year strong. Appreciate all of you listening. Appreciate your support. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, leave a review. They really help us out. Uh, by the way, JMH888 left the review. Been a listener for a few years now. The fall winter weeks would be far more miserable without the team's podcast output. Across the deep dive segments and voicemails, the team does a tremendous job. Keep up the outstanding work. Thank you. And yeah, I'd like to shout out to the production team and our producer. So uh, let's send him some gear. Reach out to me or our producer, oh boy, Uncle Mitch, will send you some gear to leave a review. Five star review and we'll send you out some stuff. But thanks for listening. 
It's time for us to go get to work. We will catch y'all later in the week. Cheers. Peace out. <laughs>